Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Chapter by Chapter, a podcast where we cover a variety of games from a variety of eras and a variety of genres. I am your resident host, Ethan, and we are joined again by our resident Pokemon expert, Weekon. Hey guys, didn't see you there. It's yeah. time for us to uh, take a few more steps in this in this Pokemon journey that we're doing. <laughs> yeah, so uh, last time we spent an entire episode talking about Celadon City, which was fun. Uh, we ended up speaking about the game corner and about how you can find Dratini there. Uh, and we were sort of wondering whether or not you could actually find Dratini in the wild or uh, you could only get in-game corner. Uh, do you have an answer to this question? Um, I do. So, uh, yeah, in red and blue you can get Dratini at the game, but in yellow you can't. Okay. Um, however, um, in all three games, you can get Dratini at the Safari Zone. Oh, it's the Safari which is Zone. something that we would later yeah but that is the only other way to get Dratini yeah no uh I've always thought it was Victory Road or something you would get Dratini on because that's sort of the trend in later games that you usually get the super strong dragon type like on Victory Road or towards the end so uh surprised you can find it in the Safari Zone but we'll cover the Safari Zone soon enough when we get to it uh oh, yeah, yeah. yeah not too far yeah uh so uh, as I said last time, we went through Celadon City and sort of covered... Well, I think we got everything that was there, but there is a building of note in Celadon City. But before we move on to that building, uh, do you want to know anything else in Celadon? Um, yeah, so before we get to the next major building in Celadon, um, one thing that you can do uh, is that Celadon is a city that obtains... Or that has the uh, HM for fly, uh-huh. um, which is definitely one of like the best HMs in the game. Absolutely need it. Um, and what you can do to get it is that in Celadon, if you go all the way to the left, um, there's like a gate there, but there's a Snorlax in front of it. So obviously you can't you can't do anything with that because we've created the Snorlax before. Um, but before Snorlax, there's a tree that you can cut. So uh-huh. if you cut that tree, there's another gate that you can run through. And you run through that gate, and it'll lead up to, like, a house. Yeah. So you go into that house, and you talk to the person there, and they give you the HM for Fly. Uh-huh. Uh, well, um, that's useful. And Fly is, uh, regardless of the generation or game or whatever, Fly is an extremely useful uh, move or whatever, because it pretty much means you can travel anywhere once you can use it out in the field. Yeah, 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 it's, uh, it essentially will let fly to any town you've already been to, so it makes backtracking much faster and much easier, um, and it's great in every game, so fly is definitely a, a staple of the Pokemon series. Yeah, uh, so if that's everything for Celadon, we'll move on to the two sort of important buildings that we have here, uh, one of which we obviously briefly touched on uh, before, which is the Rocket Game Corner, and the other one is the Celadon Gym. Now, you can tackle these in any order you want, but because uh, the Rocket Game Corner is so huge, we will go into that first. So, uh, the Rocket Game Corner, uh, if I remember correctly, 
because the Rocket Game Corner is actually home to the Team Rocket hideout. And if I remember correctly, the way you access it is by touching a poster that has a rocket on it. Um, yeah, so what you'd have to do is, in the game corner, you go in there, and there's, like, a rocket that's just, like, staring at a wall, okay. and you talk to him, and he says that he's blocking this poster and wants you to leave, and then he fights you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you beat him, then he'll leave, and you can click on the poster, and it opens up a stairwell to the side of it, it's fun for the game. Yeah, so... That... So this stairwell leads to the Team Rocket hideout, which is what some people would regard as the first major dungeon of the game, uh, with it being, like, huge. Well, compared to everything else you've had, it's huge. It's like, how many floors are in there, actually? I don't remember. Uh, I believe it's four. There are four floors. Yeah. Um in which the, there's like also an elevator that you can access and there's a and a, rockets everywhere obviously yeah so there's there's a lot to explore or a lot of a lot of yeah there's a lot to explore in this hideout so yeah uh so uh we'll go through each floor and sort of what you need to do on each as well and how you actually get to the end of it because it is a huge dungeon and like when i know when i first played it and even Still, sometimes, when I play it now, I do get sort of, like, confused about, like, where do I go, what do I do? So, uh, you enter it on the basement first floor, so what do we have in here? Um, so the basement first floor, um, there isn't a whole lot, aside from some rockets around. Um, it's also kind of muffled, so you can actually only access half of it. Uh -huh. Um, so essentially there's like, uh, there are rockets around that you can fight and, uh, there's like a walled off area in like one of the corners that you can't get to on this floor. Mm -hmm. Um, and just as a quick note, um, essentially the rockets that you're going to be fighting, um, most of them will have either a radicate, a coughing or a grimer. Yeah probably about like 75% of them will have pretty much just those three Pokemon. <laughs> um, aside from like, I'm a chop and a drowsy like thrown in there. That's pretty yeah. much all you're going to run into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty uniform in terms of their Pokemon that they have and sort of the repetition of them. So uh, once you've sort of fought the grunts, there's not much else you can do on the first floor for now. So we'll move down to yeah. the second floor. So what do we have to do here? Um, let's see. So on the second floor, um, there is only one grunt. Um, and this is where you run into um, what is generally considered one of the more confusing early puzzles, which is like the, the tile floors. Yeah. Where uh, it's simply like the floors that have the arrows and you step on them and it forcibly moves you. Until you keep hitting arrows or until you hit Yeah, and like the reason why this puzzle is like well not necessarily hard, but like annoying is you can't see the full path of the tiles, so you can't see actually you can't like really see the full sort of direction you're going in. You can only see part of the way. Yeah, essentially because you're on a tiny little Game Boy screen. 
Yeah. Um, you can't see too far around you, <laughs> and like the this puzzle is basically the entire room. So you yeah. essentially just pick an arrow and you watch your character spin around. And I will. I do want to note that in the original red, blue, and yellow, when you do this puzzle, you spin really slow. <laughs> so it's pretty. It's pretty annoying because, like in the Fire Red and Leaf Green remake, they made it much faster. Yeah. Which is very nice. But in the original game, it's real slow. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, yeah, like you pointed out, on a Game Boy screen, it is tiny and you can barely see anything. But because of like the fact that Pokemon usually uses a fixed cam, well, it almost always uses a fixed camera. It's only recently they've sort of gone away from fixed camera uh, stuff. But because it uses a fixed camera, you can never really see towards the end of a rotation puzzle and like rotation yeah. puzzles are something that's literally in every game and like the only rotation puzzle i sort of know off by heart and again it's a simple one is the fuego ironworks in gen 4 but we'll get to that when we do diamond and pearl because thankfully that's something i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh um. so you have the rotating puzzle uh so if you just f take the correct route from the rotating puzzle, you'll eventually reach your goal for the second floor, won't you? Uh, yeah, so essentially you just have to take a guess and just try all the arrows until you reach the end. Um, and through trial and error, you will reach a stairwell that will essentially lead, I believe this one leads uh, to... Let me see. This one should lead to the third floor. Yeah. Oh uh, no, this this stairwell leads back up to the first floor where there's like um uh there's like the other half of the first floor that you couldn't access. Which I can't say there's a tremendous amount there. There are like some items that you're able to pick up. Um yeah. that could be useful, you know, like hyper potions and stuff. Yeah. Um that's mainly what it's hiding. Yeah, so, so if you um, are, like, a completionist, then head for the other stairwell to the first floor, but otherwise just proceed down to the third floor. Yeah, yeah, so on the third floor um, is where you will find the, the second rotation puzzle, because there has to be two. Uh-huh, of course. Yeah, this one's a little smaller. Um, but it's still a slow and annoying rotation puzzle, so unfortunately you still have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh. yeah, so uh, another sort of rotation puzzle, uh, again, these rotation puzzles are just sort of trial and error, because generally if you do get the, uh, if you do go on the wrong sort of set, it will take you to a position where you can easily get back to the rotation set so you can try again. So it's not exactly the end of the world if you don't get it, but it's just, like, time-consuming, especially, like you said, with the rotation speed being very slow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but once you do get through the second rotation puzzle, it will lead to uh, the fourth floor. Yeah. In which the fourth floor is how you would... Um, uh, this is where you would... Wait, is okay. Yeah, so this is where you would go um, in order to uh, get um, a key item called the Lift Key. 
Yeah. Which essentially is what you need to write the elevator. Yeah, uh, so the... As you've been going through each floor, there has been an elevator which you can't access, and the elevator does, uh, lead... Like, the elevator does lead to sort of closed-off areas on each floor, and on the... I think it's the fourth floor, it leads to... Uh, where you basically need to go to fight the boss. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the, the Team Rocket boss is on the fourth floor, but the stairwell only leads to one half of it, Yeah, and you need to take the elevator to get to the other half. Yeah, so... Uh, so, uh, before we go down to the fourth floor and sort of cover the Rocket boss, can the elevator take you to anything of note on the other floors? Um, not really. The only thing with the elevator is that it lets you skip the rotation puzzles, that you don't have to do them again, but that's <laughs> really it. Yeah. Um, and one thing I do want to note, that was, it seemed like it was just kind of like a joke that they threw in there, um, is essentially when you, there's a rocket grunt on the fourth floor that you would fight. Um, and he says, and he says something like, uh, I'm here. Because I, uh, I'm here to guard the lift key. And then you fight. <laughs> and then uh, when you beat him, he says, oh no, I dropped the lift key. And then you just kind of take it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, I'm here to guard the key. Oh no, I conveniently dropped the key behind me. I hope you don't go around me and pick it up. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I guess I'm going to go over to the other side of the room and grab a cup of coffee and be sad yeah. that I lost I hope battle. nobody picks up this key while I'm away. Wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. I always just thought there was, it was always goofy, but I, I like it because of that. Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. Uh, what if this grunt isn't actually a rocket grunt? What if they're a member of the international police undercover? I mean, that's possible, but yeah. I don't see why they would make you fight him. Yeah, well, I mean, it might be to preserve cover, but at the same time, it's like, why would you trust a kid with a key? So, yeah. my own theory uh, sort of deconstructed itself, so moving on. <laughs> You're still a ten-year-old boy taking on a mafia, so yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem very logical. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, moving on. Uh... Like I say, if there's nothing else of note, we will go on to the main office where the rocket boss is. Um, yes. So, when you get the lift key, you can take the elevator and go up to, go back down to the fourth floor so that way you can access the boss. Uh-huh. Now, um, in Pokemon Yellow, before you fight the boss, you have to fight Jesse and James again. Yeah. Uh, so this is your, uh, because in the original Pokemon games... You didn't really fight anyone more than once, other than your rival and the Rocket Boss, but obviously you haven't fought him yet. But Jesse and James in Pokemon Yellow is another trainer that you do fight more than once. So, has their team changed at all since last time? Um, no. So, uh, their Pokemon are a higher level, but they're they're still just Ekans uh, <laughs> coughing and coughing. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, which is uh, kind of funny because I think at this point in the anime, like when uh, 
Like, at this point in the anime, when Ash and his friends, like, made it to Seldon City, I'm pretty sure their Pokemon had just evolved. But as, like, neither of us are experts on the anime, so don't quote us on that, but I just thought it would be, like, a funny thing to know. But then again, we don't know how much the anime was in development at the time of Yellow's release. Yeah, I think the anime had been, was, like, out but maybe not like completely well I think... i'm not 100 sure but i know that yellow is based on the anime so it's yeah. like you can relive like the adventure your own way as opposed to just watching it but yeah I, I don't know how much of it was out before yellow was mm-hmm. yeah like I, i'm pretty sure it came out in 99 and i know that gold and silver came out in 2000 so uh again maybe not but, like, these are things that are planned, like, years in advance, so... Yeah, yeah, so it's not like they just threw it together and threw it on a cartridge yeah. and shipped it out, like... And it's just like, oh, that works! It's like, no, it's all planned out meticulously. Yeah, yeah, games are a process to make, so things are always planned out in advance. Last-minute adjustments generally aren't a thing, especially back in back in the day when they couldn't like patch games and stuff exactly and it's like if you wanted to make a last minute adjustment you'd be as well just erasing the whole thing and starting again <laughs> yeah um but yeah so essentially whatever you did to beat jesse and james last time you just do that again because their pokemon are the same yeah so uh, not doing no trouble yeah uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, most of the grunts would use a coughing and a grimer, and Jesse and James use an ekens and a coughing. So, uh, if you, like we recommended before, if you want to pick up a drowsy because it's a psychic type, and psychic types are way overpowered. So, uh, you could use just drowsy to make short work of them and the, and the other grunts, or you could use... Uh, Sand True, like we recommend you caught for Yellow, or a Diglett, like we recommended you caught for Surge's Battle, because abilities didn't exist in this generation, so ground type moves are super effective against every poison type. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I do want to note that I actually thought was kind of funny is that in the Rocket Hideout in Red and Blue, um, of all the various trainers that you fight, um, aside from having like Radicate and Coughing, um, and Grimer, there is one Rocket Grunt in Red and Blue um, that does have an Arbuck. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in Yellow, he does not have an I think they just gave him a Grimer instead mm-hmm. um, because Jessie is there. However, she also doesn't have an Arbuck. It's still an Aegis, so... Yeah, but I think that's partly to do with, like, the sort of hierarchy that they try and create with the evil teams because, like, I know in later games... Like, in later games, uh, when a lot of the evil teams use, like, uh, goal bats and that, they use goal bats, but they're not, like, it's almost like they're not allowed to evolve them into crow bats. Like, an example I like to think of is uh, Team Aqua and Magma in uh, Hoenn, how the Aqua Grunts have Carvanas and the Magma Grunts have Nummels. And they're not allowed to evolve them into, like, their next form. But the admins are. <clears throat> like, it's only the admins and the boss that can have their evolved form. Because it's like, you'll, like, when you're infiltrating their hideouts, you'll be facing, like, level 40 Nummels and Carvanas. Yeah, 
Um, I think part of the thing with that is that, at least for Team Rocket, when it comes to Golbat, um, I believe Golbat evolves by friendship. Well, yeah. And is not in Team Rocket's code, so... Yeah. Well, but that's the thing, it's, like, sort of relating it, like, I was using, like, when it came to the Golbat, I was thinking of Cyrus as an example, because Cyrus has a Golbat on his first match, but on his rematch with him... He has a crowbat, and like none of the other grunts are allowed to have, uh, crowbats. But Cyrus isn't really someone who believes in friendship towards Pokemon, so it's how has, uh, Golbat evolved. We don't know, but I think it is sort of like used to create sort of like a hierarchy in the thing. Like it's like, oh, we're strong because we evolve these ones, and they're weaker than us. It's sort of like to keep the sort of hierarchy in place. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wouldn't want all the grunts and the leader to all have like crowbats or hammer ups or whatever. Yeah, because it's like if they were all like on the same sort of place, equal footing, rise, then someone could be like, Giovanni, we don't like how you treat the team, so we're going to take over or something. Yeah, yeah. At least it's a. Yeah, so I think it's like to try and stop that as well. But anyway, uh, regardless, so. Uh, you fight Jesse and James in yellow version, uh, red and blue they do not appear, and you go straight to the boss, who is Giovanni. Yes, uh, the leader of Team Rocket, the mob boss himself, is Giovanni. Yeah. And, uh, so you get to fight him. Um, he has three Pokemon. Um, now, in red, blue, and yellow, he does have, uh, um, he has Onyx and Rhyhorn. Uh -huh. Um, however, his third Pokemon, in red and blue, he has Kangaskhan, uh -huh. and in yellow, he has Persian. Yeah. Uh, obviously, his Persian in yellow is a nod to the anime again, in which he owns a Persian, and <laughs> like in the anime, that's sort of a point of contention between him and Jesse James, and Jesse James, because... Jesse and James want to impress him, so he'll ditch his Persian and replace it with their Meowth. Yeah, that's essentially why the Meowth that Jesse and James have uh, joined team because he yeah. had to take Persian's place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, any advice on how to beat Giovanni? Uh, he mainly uses ground types. Obviously, he has a normal type thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, so, essentially, you pretty much just fight him the same way you would fight Brock. Yeah. In which, like, it, like water and grass types yeah. can very easily get rid of Rhyhorn and Onyx. Yeah, uh, because his Rhyhorn and Onyx are... Excuse me. Because his Rhyhorn and Onyx are... Excuse me again. Uh, because his Rhyhorn and Onyx are part Rock-type, fighting types would work well against them as well, and they'd actually work well against both Kangaskhan and Persian, so they, so fighting types also work really well. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If you have, like, if you have your Mankey, that's probably a primate by now. Yeah. Um, he could very easily take out, like, all three of them. Yeah. So, pretty much a pretty easy battle, all things considered. Uh, yeah, so, uh, while we're here, we'll sort of talk about Giovanni uh, more as a character. Uh, 
he is the leader of Team Rocket, which, as we've sort of previously stated, is like a mob in the Pokemon world. Uh, he does do some... Like, the thing is, with Giovanni and comparing him to other villains, on a small scale, he does do some pretty horrible things. But compared... Because, like, pretty much after Generation 2, all of the evil team leaders do something with wanting to change the world, like they want to rule the world with something. Uh, Giovanni is more subtle than that. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he seems to work on like a smaller scale where yeah. he just wants to take over the region. Uh-huh. Maybe not so much the whole world, but... Yeah. Or yet, at least. <laughs> but it's like he wants to take over the region and... I do believe he does have ambitions to sort of want to take over the whole world eventually, but he wants to do it in a more subtle way. Like, he doesn't want it to be like, oh, we're the rulers of the world, everyone has to obey us. He wants to, like, sort of manipulate the sort of already heads of the region and sort of make them do his bidding without him actually being sort of, like, keeping him out of the public eye. So in that regard, I feel he is smarter than the other team leaders. Because he is sort of playing more of a long game. Yeah, essentially wanting to rule everything, but not being known yeah. all too well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it, which does sort of mimic uh, real life mobs in a way. Uh, obviously, because uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Pokemon did originate in. I think it was yeah, it was Japan, and in Japan, the sort of mob there is the. Yakuza, famous for cutting off people's fingers when they don't, uh, list, like, don't obey, like, when they're late on the payment or whatever, or whenever they go against them, so they are famous for cutting off fingers. Uh, obviously Giovanni doesn't do anything like that, but in regards to, like, mobs, like, like, on the top of my head, like, the New York mob and stuff like that, they are sort of very power-hungry, and the only reason people know about them is due to sort of, like, big exploits that obviously happened in the past and stuff like that. So it's like they try and keep stuff as quiet as long as possible, which I think is what Giovanni wants to do as well. Yeah, yeah, essentially, it, it seems that way. That um, it's, it's like you said, with the Yakuza, um, the Yakuza were, it seemed like they were of the Mafia group that everyone knew of the Yakuza, but yeah. no one really knew who was in the Yakuza. They yeah. didn't really know by name. Yeah. So, um, it is definitely, like, the, I guess the most appropriate way to mimic that without, like, cutting off fingers and all <laughs> once. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we say that, wait until we get back to Pokemon Tower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway... Uh-huh. So, you fight Giovanni, you beat him, and then you get a special prize from him because he's such a generous man. Yeah, yeah. So you beat when you beat Giovanni, he gives you a key item, or you get a key item. I don't know if he gives it to you or if he just leaves it behind. Yeah. Um, but you get the Sylph Scope, which yeah. is essentially a weird VR-looking headset that will let you see ghosts. Yeah. And that is all it does, so... Yeah, uh, and uh, before we mentioned how in Pokemon Tower there's a ghost that you can't fight, you can't catch and stuff like that, and the self-scope is how you 
progressed through Pokemon Tower. Uh, so if you haven't been to Pokemon Tower yet, it might be worth doing a visit because you can now go all the way through the tower in one sitting. Uh, and it might also be useful training for the gym battle that will be coming up soon because this is your fourth gym battle so pretty much it does signify that you're halfway through the game yeah yeah this is essentially like the part of the game where we're, we're like approaching the part of the game where you have like more freedom yeah. of what you want to do yeah because at, at this point once you get those go you can choose to battle Erica where you can go to the uh, Pokemon tower first yeah um, and then even more opens up to you, so. Yeah, uh, so it's like a case of you have a multitude of choices in regards to what you want to do, but you can tackle them in any order, uh, in some cases of the things that are available to you, you don't actually need to do in the game, but obviously we would recommend doing them all just for the experience and the chance to meet new Pokemon as well, obviously, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and even though you now have, like, pr freedom over pretty much doing anything in the game, you'll still want to be weary of, like, what you decide to do, just based on, like, your Pokemon's level. Yeah. Like, you don't want to wander into an area that's too strong or anything like that. Yeah. Uh... No, so... Uh, if... Is that everything for the Rocket Hideout we have? Uh, yeah, I believe after you beat Giovanni and get the self scope, there's not really anything left for you to do in the rocket hideout. Um, if there's any rockets that you skipped, you can still fight them. Like, they don't leave. Yeah. Because only Giovanni leaves. But yeah. other than that, there's not really anything else left. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, uh, not really anything else for the rocket hideout. So, I think we'll end this episode here. Uh, next episode we'll go into Erica's gym, which is the fourth gym leader. Uh, we'll go into her and how to beat her, so we'll start off the episode with that. Uh, would you like to promote your YouTube before you go? Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a YouTube channel, Chaos Roy, C-H-A-O-S-R-O-Y, um, where I do all kinds of, uh, gaming videos and discussions. So, if you like more games besides Pokemon, then... I would appreciate you checking that out. Yeah, uh, so thank you for joining us for another episode of Chapter by Chapter. Uh, we do now have a Patreon that you can subscribe to to get episodes early. There's a variety of tiers there, so if you check them out and you'll get more goodies. We are currently running a prize draw on there that you get free entry to if you enter into one of the higher tiers where you have a chance to win an original copy of Pokemon Red, Blue, or Yellow for the Game Boy. Uh, enter into that if you want to. Uh, they are running separately, so you can basically choose which one you want to have a chance of winning, but you can also go for all of them. Uh, of course, that's not open to just our Patreons who enter the highest tier. That is open to the public, but you'll have to pay for that. Uh, details on that will be on our Twitter, which will also be linked in the description. And if you think there's a video game that you are proficient in, feel free to send us an email and we can talk about you being perhaps a guest on a, another season where we cover a game. Uh, but thank you all for listening and we hope to see you again soon. Bye!